Hello, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And welcome to Using Our Inside Voice, a podcast where we awaken to the extraordinary meaning of everyday mundane life by passing it through a particle collider of different and differing perspectives. Today we're talking about not... It tripped you up, man. It tripped you it up. It totally tripped me up. Well, what was tripping me up was um, if I didn't see the sound waves at first. Oh, got it. So I wasn't sure if we were recording. And then when I realized, totally oh, are. they're going to start when I start talking, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, just how it goes. Do you remember it's, now? Not really. Today we're talking about, uh, it's the day after Halloween. Totally and we is. just wanted to start the conversation off by talking about how you don't have to be at your spiritual best or what you perceive to be your spiritual best in order to live spiritually. That's so true. That's so true. Because really what I had envisioned for recording this particular time is that we were going to record yesterday, actually on Halloween. And I was going to talk about like ancestor stuff and I was going to feel all witchy and I was going to have like candles going on my altar and I would have gone to Trader Joe's earlier in the day and gotten like pretty fall flowers and like I'd be wow. all in the mood. Oh, wow. And You had and the whole thing planned. I had the dreamiest podcast recording sesh just in my head all planned out. And then I had a really busy week last week, all the way kind of through the weekend. We had very little breaks. I was out all day, all day, Saturday. And although it was fun and I had a good time, it was like a lot. And the weather was like, no bueno. And my sinuses were no, no bueno. And mm -hmm. so yesterday I just kind of felt like no bueno. <laughs> and I right. forgot. I forgot that I even wanted us to record. Like we were talking about it today and I'm like, oh shit, I I intended to do this yesterday and it was going to be so beautiful. I felt like doing none of that. And that does happen. some days some sometimes you got to skip it. Well, I mean, I think the irony is is that there's a difference between romanticizing spirituality and actually living it. And the truth of the matter is, is that your spiritual work right now is to listen to your body, to feel things in your body, yeah. to be in your body. And listening to your body and, and feeling into your body and being in the body is really difficult, especially when it's not something that you have actively pursued yet, something that you're still getting to know, something that you're still mm -hmm. learning. It's really heavy. It's really dense. It can be really painful as your body mm -hmm. gives you messages. And that is your spiritual work. And it has nothing to do with flowers. And it has nothing to do with Samhain. And it has nothing to do with candles on the altar. All that stuff is the romanticized version of what actual spirituality looks like. It is. And, and I do, like, I love a good ceremony. I love a good ceremony. I mean, there was a good five, six year stretch when, like, that was not only was that part of my reality, but it was literally like part of my job. And yep. so, and, and it was a part that I liked. It was a part that I enjoyed. I enjoyed that I was actually, you know, getting paid 
and like asked to do that sort of thing. It was, it was awesome. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you do start to realize it's like, you know, you, it's not possible to be in that space all the time. No, you will wear yourself out. And, well, and you will skip over other parts of the work. Like, just like you said, like right now, my, the bigger part of my work is really connecting with my body and learning to listen. And the fall, as you and I know, we, we have big baggage, even though it's like one of our like favorite times of the year, we have some seriously ingrained baggage when it comes to the fall season that we're both working through in different ways. And that for sure like that will that will cue my body to like start shutdown mode or panic mode all the time because right about now would have been when I would be on a crazy install schedule for Disney and every year this time of year my body would just go nope we're not doing it and would throw a hissy fit and that was mostly just because I I didn't listen to all the cues that led up to the season where, you know, I was supposed to take on less. I kept on taking more and more and more because I also wanted to enjoy the season. And so I was triple and quadruple booking myself. Mm-hmm. If I had, you know, a spare moment it was booked with doing, you know, some fall thing, some awesome fun fall thing. And I, I didn't have the capacity for it. And I ignored all of those little signs that my body was saying, look, you just need quiet time. You need downtime. You need to enjoy some sleep (laughs) is what you need to do. (laughs) And I, I, I had a really hard time hearing that. And so even now, we're like what six years outside of that and it's still difficult sometimes to wrap my head around the fact that there are going to be days when I'm just not going to feel up to it and that it is better to you know slow down and putter around the house and take stock of how I'm doing physically and kind of nurture myself in that way rather mm-hmm. than going all in on all of the things and making myself miserable later and stretching myself too thin energetically. That's, that's a huge deal. Yeah, it is. And that's all, that's exactly what you've been working on this year. Yeah. Well done you. We may not have had that amazing romanticized special Halloween recording, but what happened was much more important. Oh yeah. Most, most definitely. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was still a good day yesterday though. If I think about it, like, even though I wasn't feeling fantastic, like it was still a good day. Um, I got to hang out with the hubby. He had one last day off and, um, from his little vacation time that he took in order to do the hunt and we took it slow and went out and ran some errands and but like you know for the most part just kind of chilled at home and 
tried to hand out candy last night. It was so funny. We actually prepared ourselves. Like we bought like the big bag of candy from the Target and we were all ready to like pass it out. And we got none. None? Zero zilch. None. Wow. I forgot to ask you if you had anybody knocking at your door. No, but we haven't had any in quite some time. Uh, Our street is rather cheerless these days, myself included. I was exhausted because I just started the project of having the house re-roofed. So I'm under the weight of anxiety financially and having work done on the property. Um, So I didn't have much bandwidth for trick-or-treat or or anything like that. and while I didn't go out of the way to darken the house, I didn't have anything to give out. Like there would have been no one answering the door had there been trick-or-treaters because it wasn't even on my radar. I found the way I celebrate has become incredibly internalized. I think that part of that internalization is a result of the last few years of being locked down so to speak, while I enjoyed it probably more than most people (laughs) and had absolutely no complaints and would have continued to enjoy life had that just been the way life was forever now on. Um, Now that life is sort of opening back up and and re-expanding, I am definitely having more issues acclimating to the re-expansion than I am or than I did to the compression. I felt a lot more cocooned and safe in the compression and I was able to embrace it easily. And a lot of the complaints that I heard from people close to me, I didn't share. I was just like, eh, whatever. I'm going to go clean my house. Eh, whatever. I'm going to go bake something. I always had something to do. I'm never bored in my house. I love my home. And um, now that not only life in general, like the proverbial universe is calling for this expansion energy is just kind of like calling us all out of our hovels. Um, but specifically and very um, overtly, my guides are very clear yeah. that I, I cannot live the rest of my life as the hermit, that the hermit served its purpose. And now it's time for me to get back, even if slowly, into going out. And what I'm realizing while I'm going out is that I have reverted back to a behavior that on one hand is really natural. I mean, I think it's pretty natural when you haven't been sort of independent and out and about in the way that you used to be. You aren't used to doing it anymore. And it creates a very unsettling foreign feeling. But The catastrophizing that I'm doing is epic. Like every time I have to go out and to work, there are catastrophe stories that now they start the day of kind of the night prior, but they're getting more manageable, but they still start. Like stories like, uh, what if my tire's flat and I can't make it on time? What if there's no parking? What if I, uh, gosh, what else? Um, What if my car won't start? What if I get in an accident on the way there? Like every step of the way, there is a catastrophe awaiting me. And every step of the way, as those catastrophes pop into my head, I have to talk myself down. And it's not a huge process of talking myself down. I'm not on a ledge. I don't let myself get that far. 
but it could definitely go there if I weren't conscious of it and actively seeking to quell my own anxieties. My own anxieties have very much bloomed in this reconnection phase. I don't know who I am amongst the populace. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want. I'm still in I don't want it mode, <laughs> which makes it very difficult to live from what I do want. And so I'm I'm finding reacclimating to that very difficult. It's kind of like a diver coming up from great depths. I have to go a little bit and then take a moment and decompress and then go a little bit more and then decompress again. And to be honest with you, would you would you put it that way? That sounds much more natural to me than the way we have been doing it. And perhaps why that's why it's so hard is because we are in the middle of a shift and we are shifting the way things are being done. But it's at this kind of seems like kind of this glacial pace. And and as we're going through it, as we're kind of getting farther away from how we have been doing it it feels like you know kind of like we said before almost like a pinch you know like you're in this kind of weird um bottleneck and you're working your way through it but it it sounds like the way you just put that actually sounds a hell of a lot nicer you know and kinder to yourself than the way we have maybe done it previously so you know perhaps this is purposeful in in trying to get us to maneuver in a way that is kinder and gentler to ourselves and maybe to the environment around us getting to be more thoughtful about like the commitments that we're making energetically and physically as we are kind of stepping back into the world and stepping back into a pace of doing things that we just don't hop right back in and try to do the exact same thing that we were doing before. But, you know, but it's hard because you're, you're trying to find your footing. You're trying to figure, well, what is that balance point? What is that midway? What can, how much can I do? And like, for me, I find that because I'm working so much in the physical, it's become very much an environmental challenge. It's not so much a mental challenge as it is, you know, it's like my body has not yet acclimated to being um, just out in nature, out in the natural world. Like, you know, I, I go outside and it's windy and, you know, for the next three days, my sinuses are clogged and I can't hear anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm stuffy and my eyes itch or, you know, or I can feel the the pressure as we're getting towards rainy season a little bit. And we have little these little these little storms pop up and all of a sudden I'm like, oh no. <laughs> you know, I can I can feel it. My my entire head feels like it's expanding and it's going to float away. And I'm like, why though? Like that like it never happened that bad before. I don't remember it being like that before. And I'm trying to make sense of it. And it's just weird. It's like, well, how do I like how how do I reacclimate myself to being outside? I'm like, I can't not go outside. I need to go outside. I want to go outside. And it's just weird. Like I it's like I forgot how. But at the same time, I think I also 
probably just never paid that much attention to it before either. And probably needed to make some shifts before and just didn't realize it. So, okay. But if you take this moment to tune in to your guides, what, Mm -hmm. what is the advice? What are the, what do the shifts look like? Hmm. That is a good question. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, and unfortunately the first, the first thing that comes to mind immediately is simply to be more mindful and more intentional about what I'm doing every day. And it's not something that I like, I don't think about going outside before I go outside. I just go outside. You know what I mean? Like I don't do anything to prepare myself really to go outside besides, you know, put clothes on, put shoes on the natural things. But I don't, you know, I don't really think to check the weather or prep myself in any certain way physically before I go outside. And maybe that is something that I need to take in account. And I'm just not, I'm just not sure. So the, the weird just happened. Um, okay. There's a thread here and I can't quite grasp it. It's sort of flapping in the wind. So. Right? So bear with me, but I feel like, okay, so I've always known you were a human weather balloon, Um, Mm -hmm. but the question is why? And as I was asking that in my head, what I was getting was this was another way of managing your environment. It was a system you put in place subconsciously to further Mm -hmm. manage your environment that went with all the other systems that you use to manage your environment so that you could tune out of that and tune into the other things that you otherwise wouldn't have had time for or thought you wouldn't have time for, felt you wouldn't have time for. So the question is then, how do you reconstruct a system to stop internalizing and start externalizing that? And there's something about manifestation here too. This is really vague whatever is coming through. They're like little tiny frayed edges coming through. I can see them just like on the perimeter, on the fringe. There's fringe on the fringe. And (laughs) there's like, there's a thing here and it's still buried, but you are on the right track to uncovering it, I feel. And I'm really curious now because it feels like a big pocket of fear management. Yeah. But it doesn't it, – the weird thing is is that none of this sounds like – like going outside doesn't sound like something most people are afraid of. So it's not as simple mm-hmm. as just going outside. It has something to do with not being able to manage or manifest an outside that you are comfortable with. Like it's still – there's like a victimization energy to it of I'm a victim of my environment. And that's where it came from. You're no longer in that place, but a part of you is. Well, that definitely checks. I mean, if, if I think about it, if I think about it, (laughs) like there are a lot of very, (laughs) very natural situations that I do not do well with at all, just in general. I mean... And, and it's usually one of those things where it's like a love-hate type relationship. Like, I love the water. I love the ocean. 
but I also have serious fears around the ocean, but they're very specific. And it's like, and there's part of me that I think has been able to like compartmentalize a lot of those. So where I, I'll be okay enough. I just won't put myself in those, you know, in, in, in something that where I feel like I'm going to generate that very specific instance, you know, like, fine, you can go to the ocean and you can walk along the, the shore and dip your toes in. Just don't go swimming into the big bad because that's where you're going to get your ass kicked or, you know, it, there's, there's also this whole other thing of, I notice like, like the cave type energy. And I know that, that one of my lifetimes, which was, and I'm not going to say excruciatingly long, but because that's <laughs> kind of a weird way to put it. I don't feel like it was excruciating at the time, but it was an incredibly long, prolonged, longer than average stretch of time that I spent in that space. And for a lot of that time, I spent it in very underground cave-like systems and did not go out into the sun and did not go out into the air, like very much a part of the natural world, but in a very different way, like harmonizing and connecting in a very different way. So yeah, it, it triggers certain things, but I also still feel, I feel very distant from those fears. So it's hard to connect like where that, where that pivot point is right now. Although I know that it has to be coming up because but you said it, you said the pivot point, you said mm-hmm. the pivot point, And this is, this is where there's got to be a bridge. The pivot point is, how do I put this? The pivot point is the same thing that you're experiencing now, which is going from a place of compression to a place of expansion. Mm-hmm. So the cave-like, being part of the cave-like world um, would obviously be challenging. It would be challenging then to be a part of the open world and you would mm-hmm. create systems to manage your immersion uh, out into the non-cave world. Hmm. That's interesting. So what that actually brings up for me once you say that is that part of those systems was a disconnect from the physical to make it easier. Yeah. And now that I'm reconnecting with the physical, it's it's a harder ascent. Yeah. So Because yeah. you're taking all of you with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking all of me with me that this time, and and it is a lot harder to to surface. Mm-hmm. If we want to use your diving analogy, it's harder to surface right now as a whole individual without cutting off the the physicalities. It's like I was I was able to circumnavigate before and kind of go, okay, well, I can I can. I can kind of work through the the mental stops that I had to get myself there, but I wasn't allowing the physical portions to connect. And now that I am, 
yeah. But it's still, it's still, it's that like that man, like it makes sense, but at the same time, it's it's very odd because well, it, it's still really out there. It's still really fringy. Yeah. So well, I'm sure that there's, I'm sure there will be one of those moments where you just break into tears because of a realization. You're just sure. not quite there yet. Sure. Well, I'm still working on making that, that connection. Right. A deeper connection. So that part, like that in, in and of itself is difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's lost to time. But there's something in your life that is still reflecting it. Sure. And now sure. I've been cut off. Like literally it was kind of like I was going along a map of a, mm-hmm. of a neighborhood and I was like, oh, look at this house. Oh, look at this house on the street. Like if I was on Google Maps and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it just disappeared. There was no more neighborhood. It was just gone. And I was like, wow. See, but that's actually really awesome because we get into situations where we're talking about things like this a lot. And you'll kind of put me to task with like, well, ask about it. And so I will. And then even in session, even when we do regression work together, there are times when my peeps will be like, nope. And now the wall is up or the curtain has closed and you will get no more. And you raspy about it. It, well, it reminds me of that time where they literally transferred me to a different operator. <laughs> do you remember anything yeah. about that? I do. I do. It's, do it's like your side of it. We were in the middle of a regression session and I started asking <laughs> about something that the current, the current energy that was, that I was talking to did not have, it seemed clearance to give those answers. Yeah. And I persisted because I persist. And I literally got like (laughs) one moment and it felt in my head because when I'm doing a regression session, I also connect with whomever is speaking at the time through the person. I go into sort of a half trance with you. Yeah. Um, so that I can better, because sometimes when people are actually having the experience, have, especially if it's their first experience with regression, they don't know what they're experiencing. And so it's easier if I can go in and, and sort of like a surrogate, I can see what's happening. And what I'm about to say to you, you might not really connect with because I don't know that you think of it this way, mm-hmm. but it really is like you really do put yourself into a very shamanic experience. Like yeah. it, it essentially that is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's you're you're taking that kind of journey. It's that deep of a journey. And and yes, I do absolutely remember that. And it's funny because on my end, like several different things are happening, of course, because I am both actively participating and I am also at the same time separated from observing everything and have my own way of interpreting and I remember kind of from the observation standpoint what I kind of heard was very (laughs) very much like a um like Janine from Ghostbusters kind of like a hello please hold (laughs) we're connecting you with you know and then it felt like 
you've been transferred to God. What what did we end up calling them? The uh, oh man, we had a term for it. It was like it wasn't. It wasn't the team. It wasn't the assembly. But it was like there was a whole other like. It felt like, like we had been transferred forum. to corporate. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's like. Hold on, legal is coming. And yeah, exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and they're and going to unroll me, the document and read you <laughs> your rights. Well, a part of me was actually a little bit uh, nervous at that point because when I talk to my guides, there, I have not met a boundary. If I want to know something, they might not be able to answer me right away, but they'll be like, we will work with you on this. So I know it's coming. When I work with your guides, it's like, nope. The end. Shut down. You can't. And I'm like, look, here's the thing. You rubbed our lamp. That's why we have this session. Yeah. So you do not, and I get this a lot more often with people than I than not. Where if I reach a point of depth and that person is not ready to dive deeper than that, I will get cut off. Um, mm -hmm. which I do not accept. What I say to people, what I say to people's guides, actually, a little bit of my own trade secret here, is I say, you are allowed to not answer a question if it is not in the person's highest good to do so. However, mm -hmm. you are not allowed to be silent. I've had sure. people just be silent in a session where I'm talking with them, through them, with their higher self, and... I almost feel like it's kind of a funny reversal because when you first start working with your guides, you realize that they're kind of always watching. And so no mm -hmm. matter how you try to hide from them, they can still see you. And it's a reversal of that. It's, I can, I, you know, I'm in half trance, right? I can see you there. Mm -hmm. I can feel you there. I can hear you breathing. Hello. <laughs> So if they're going to refuse to answer, they have to at least tell me why they can't answer that. I'm not there to just get answers at all costs. I'm there to get the answers that are in the person's best interest. But for some reason, you in particular have this very strong hierarchical energy around your guidance team. And um, I don't do well with hierarchy. <laughs> And it's not, honestly, it's not really my higher self. Honestly, it's not. It, or at least to me. I mean, everything. I it, well, that's the thing, I, though, is that it's not a personal, it's not something you connect with personally. It's like the management team, but it's all part of your higher self. If we're talking I think to it. That's actually what, what we refer to them as. We refer to them management. as the management. That's right, right. We were transferred to management. Anyway, <laughs> this 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 woman comes through, a completely different energy, a completely different voice. Jamie's voice changed entirely. And the voice that I had been talking to or the energy I'd been talking to was sort of a little carefree and really happy. And and I asked this question. I don't know if we want to talk about it. That's why I'm not saying it. So if, if you're okay with, with us talking about it, you can tell that part of the story. Um, sure. I don't, I don't actually remember the question that we were asking. I do. It was okay, about, then. it was about MIB. 
Oh, Remember? oh, yeah, totally, totally. So okay, you so, you tell that yeah. part of the story because that is yours to tell. Okay, so man, this is a. I did not think this would go with tin hats. I didn't but, think we were gonna go there either. But let's <laughs> let's let's do this then. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. So. So I think we have to we ha- we'll have to back the train up just just a tiny bit, yeah. Because I think one of the things that that people often discount when they start taking this path and taking this road is that there are so many things that they are going to need to open themselves up to in order to fully understand all of the facets of of what you're dealing with, and in doing so there's a lot of things that you kind of have to start seriously questioning yourself about and your feelings on. And some of that is on that kind of more uh, cosmic extraterrestrial, you know, if you want to call it alien, alien energy. It's aliens. It's aliens. It's totally aliens. And, but it's not, it's not Hollywood aliens. And I think that's where people get tripped up is because the, you know, it's, it's not a little green man. Um, you know, if, if you think about, and this is kind of where I had to like coach myself because I grew up in a religious household. So things like angelic energy was very much appreciated. That was acceptable. And so I kind of had to coach myself through it and ask myself, now, wait a second. You're cool with angels, right? Yeah. Okay. And what are angels? Technically, extraterrestrial. They are not of this earth. Yes? Yes. Okay. So, can't there be other beings who are maybe not the beings that you consider to be angelic? And would they not also be extraterrestrial? Because once again, they are what? Not of this earth. Yes. Okay. All right. And can't you maybe accept that because you've had earthly interaction with angelic energies, that it's also possible to have earthly interaction with these other extraterrestrial beings? And that's where I kind of got stymied for a little while and was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. And I got to this point where I was having, I was having these very odd instances on my way to work when I was working in the South Bay area and traveling the 91 freeway every day. And I kept getting these really odd feelings around particular vehicles that I saw almost there came a point when there was like a certain stretch of time when, man, it must have happened maybe five or six times a week where I would see the same type of vehicle that was not necessarily a law enforcement vehicle, but something similar. And it was a big black SUV. And they were always 
pulling some other sort of vehicle over in certain areas, like over and over and over again, but like in the same kind of spots. And every time I would see this, it's almost like somebody would take my head and turn it to make sure that I would witness this. And then like hold my attention there for a second. And then I felt like I'd be released from it. But every time that happened, it would put this weird kind of a uh, feeling <laughs> in my stomach. Like, what is that? And I remember talking to you one day on my way into work and going, you know, it has this very men in black feeling about it. And uh, like, I didn't know what to do. But that particular that. conversation, you actively saw it while we were on the phone. Yeah. And you described it specifically to me in detail. Yeah. What you were seeing. And I don't even remember the detail. There was an and accident. There was an accident of some kind. And you saw a man in a black suit. Mm, okay. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. They're telling me I'm a blabbermouth and to shut the fuck up. So maybe this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe so, this is you now. So, so this, okay. Yes. So, and, and this is kind of how it would go when I would see what it, it would be the vehicle that would trigger, would twiggle. <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> That's a word. Would trigger me. <laughs> and, and then the other, the other part of it was that I would notice it was always some very suited individual. And it was like the dark suit with the white shirt and the dark tie and the dark glasses. And that's why I would reference the men in black because it was, it was very much like the movie men in black and the kind of going past this, I had, so I've had several instances where I would witness something like this. And I think in, in this particular time, it was, it was an accident and there would always be some weird sort of like, you know, things that didn't quite check, like, well, if it's an accident, then like, where's the fire truck? Where's the police car? Where's the ambulance at? But there wouldn't be, it would just be like the big SUV with the guys. And you could tell that they were either like on cell phones or walkies or some other sort of, you know, device. It, it, there was just weirdness surrounding it. And then I had this instance because it had always been a thing that I witnessed on the freeway, but not outside of that. And then I had an additional thing happen and Heather is giving me the woe stop. Okay. Oh gosh. I hope this doesn't derail us. Um, so there are two things that just one thing came to mind and then it showed me another thing. The thing that okay. came to mind was that you were just saying earlier when we were talking about um, going from being in an internal environment as a result of lockdown into mm -hmm. an external environment. And you were specifically mentioned that you didn't like freeways. You didn't like the energy on the freeways. Mm. And oh, you just but, said, yeah. you just said that it always happened on freeways, but it didn't happen outside of freeways. And on top of that, there was something else that they were drawing my attention to earlier that I was like, how interesting. We were just talking about this. It was something that you just said maybe like two minutes ago. And I thought to myself, we were, you just said this 
earlier today when we were talking, this conversation was faded. This conversation is tying in everything we were talking about this morning that neither of mm -hmm. us really remembered. Clearly, I have a better memory of it than you do. But mm -hmm. um, not not out of a, a need to record what we were saying so we could say it again for the podcast. Rather, it's being triggered by the conversation we're having now. Having okay. said that, continue with what you were saying about how it always happened on the freeways, never outside of the freeways. Okay. So it had always happened, like I said, on the freeways and never outside of the freeways until one day I was working in the shop that I worked at and this gentleman came in <laughs> and he was very much in the dark suit white shirt dark tie dark sunglasses and this was not th this was um this was a huge departure from from the type of people now i had all types of people that would come in to to visit us in this particular shop but this was quite the departure from what i would normally see and this gentleman walked in and walked around and one of the weirdest things was that there were quite a few people in the shop at this moment and the three of us that normally worked there were working that day but i can say with some certainty that the other two never saw this gentleman and i can also say with some certainty that the rest of the people that were there did not see this gentleman either because <laughs> nobody interacted with him but me, and he didn't interact with anybody else but me. And when he walked in, he came in, he looked at a couple of things, he kind of turned his head, he looked at me, and then turned his head and looked around at some of the other things. And I remember feeling very much like, like I was having a mini panic attack, completely encapsulated inside my person like I wasn't I maybe not have been showing it externally but internally my body was having a full-on like whoa like almost like um almost like sleep paralysis but like a waking episode of of sleep paralysis and if anybody's ever experienced that you know how terrifying that is and then he walked out. He never said anything? He never said anything. He just looked at me like, and, and I felt like, I felt like we had a kind of ESP type exchange, but I don't remember what it was. And then he walked out. And it's not shocking that you don't remember what it was, considering mm -hmm. that you can't remember what we talked about this morning. And then it's not, it's not like... I'm not trying to imply that it's like a senility thing. I'm I'm saying that when we get into these discussions and they start to, and flow, it's also not like like I got wiped clean or anything either. No, like, no, let's no. Not, it's just let's not take it to that place. No, no, no. But. You move into a different space mentally, mm -hmm. and you are in a you're a half step above an awareness. And mm -hmm. even when you and I are talking and we're starting to let, just let the conversation flow, like for instance, this podcast, neither of us will remember what we said in the morning. <laughs> we will have mm -hmm. to re-listen to this podcast. If I don't take notes on what I'd like to talk about 
in Instagram posts leading up to the release of the podcast, I have to listen to the podcast because I do not remember aside from it's it's like forgetting a dream when you think you're going to remember it. You just do not remember it because you don't even realize that you've transitioned to a higher state, yeah, a higher brainwave yeah. state. And that's what happens in regression. Mm-hmm. And so we're in this regression. Can I continue with the regression yeah. line? We did with that? Yeah, okay. go for it. So we're in this regression and I have an agenda. Now, I don't usually have an agenda when I go in with people who are clients. I, they have the agenda. I just want to be a facilitator between them and their guides. That's it. That's my whole plan is to just be the best facilitator slash secretary I can for you so that you get what you most need out of the session. However, Jamie is a bit of a guinea pig at this point. She's done many sessions and the way that she is partitioned, I guess is the best way I can say it, is very intriguing. And yeah. so both of us were intrigued as to why certain things seem to be, yes, let it flow. We'll tell you everything. And other things seem to be absolutely off not. Yeah, completely <laughs> off, limits. off limits. Well, this was an off limits situation, except the difference here was instead of just being stymied, as we said, we were transferred to management. And it was literally like a switchboard. It was you could feel the transition taking place. The energy mm -hmm. in the room shifted. There was a pause as if we were placed on hold. And a different energy came through. And I, I don't remember exactly if this is what she said, but I believe what she said was, how may I help you? Just, yes. just, we went from, we went from, oh, sure, let's talk about this and that, blah, 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 to how may I help you? And I was like, blah. <laughs> like, who are you? What, what are you? And, and that was the first time I had ever asked, per again, permission to continue asking questions. Because mm -hmm. I felt like I had accessed an energy that was so above us in rank which again, I don't usually care. Like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to ask whatever question I want to ask because you rubbed our lamp. You brought us here. And now you're walking out on me? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, but I just felt like, oh boy, she's in a suit. Like, I felt like that suit and tie <laughs> sort of, you don't mess with her. She will obliterate you from the planet kind of energy. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but let's do it anyway. And yeah. So I said, you know, Jamie had an experience recently and we were both wondering what that was about. And to be honest with you, as much as I'd love to betray what exactly was said, I cannot because I don't remember. <laughs> and I also cannot because I also don't remember. Like what? I would have to go back and listen to that recording. I really don't. I don't. But I can tell you, I remember, I do remember this though. I remember, I remember at the time a kind of uh, deal that was struck between them for future instances and what would end up happening. And this happened several times afterwards when we would get close to something like this. Um, the, uh, the, the personality or the portion of me that had lived a lot of that time in those cave systems 
which tends to be one one of my more uh, well weathered, put together, balanced portions of myself was sent in to kind of be the the go between the two. And I know that she would often step in and kind of like, okay, look, here's the deal. So this is, you know, this is where we have, you know, some, uh, some boundaries that are being set and, and let me explain why. And then would kind of like cool the situation off, but it was always the thing that always came through on my end was not that I was being shut down. And this is something that like, not only my, my, my guides, my, my team that feels closest to me, but also like other energies that I work with would kind of relay the same thing. And it's, it's a, it's a timing thing. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's some, I've I've had this message come through several times where they show me networks of like um like like all of these energetic networks that are that are just so deeply woven and intertwined that you know they they used to show me the scenario of like when you take the the bunch of jewelry from your mom's jewelry box or grandma's jewelry box that was all tangled and and wound up and and you were trying to untangle it and sometimes you'd have to lose a necklace or two because you had to break one in order to free the rest of them and they would kind of tell me that's not a possibility here we we can't we can't risk breaking one of these lines it's not that simple you have to wait until the timing is right for them to unweave themselves and then you know you'll you'll slowly get the answers that you need like we're not shutting you down we're just slowing you down so that this this kind of transition can go smoothly and we don't have any hiccups. It was like, there was a huge importance around like how smoothly this needed to go. And, um, and I I was always like cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part. Yeah. And well, again, that's one of those things where it's not always in your best interest to know. And if that yeah. is the case, then tell us. But there are some guides who just go silent. Mm-hmm. Either they do not have the uh, 3D polish on them for communication, and so there is a breakdown in communication, or um, perhaps in some cases the client is too afraid to hear the answer, and so the client clams up even though they don't think they are. There's like a battle between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind because just because you're in a hypnotic regression doesn't mean that your conscious mind steps entirely out of the way. That's a decision on your part. Mm -hmm. That's a practice on your part. And there's nothing anyone can do to force it or do it for you. It's something you have to do for yourself. So there are plenty of times when your conscious mind – 
cannot foresee what the subconscious mind has inside of it. And so you 100% think you are ready to hear something. When the subconscious mind comes forth, it's like you are absolutely not ready to hear this. And it all stays down on a level where you cannot access it. There's nothing wrong with that. It will happen in time. We yeah. all have this, 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 this need to avoid breakage and the untangling of our pasts and parallels and possibly futures is it, it goes for all of us. Mm -hmm. There is a time and a place for everything. Um, so that's don't feel if you've had maybe shamanic uh, journeys or you've had plant medicine journeys and you've gone in with a specific question that you did not come out with an answer for, it's, it's a timing issue. It is yeah. always a timing issue and there's nothing wrong with that. There seems to be for certain people, I can't say all people because I haven't witnessed it with some other close people that are not only friends, but who I've worked with closely. I haven't witnessed it for them. And so I'm thinking it's possible that it has to do with origin, mm -hmm. uh, soul origin. But I know both you and I have gone through uh, a transitional phase in our awakening that was very much wrapped in an extraterrestrial alien scenario. Um, and it very much had to do with our ability to, we would, we were turning on our light so bright and so quickly that we were too advanced in that way and not advanced enough in a way to know how to be conscious of what we were advertising. And create boundaries for ourselves. We, yeah, we were unable to. Way. So, so there was a, a time where a lot of the work was focused on cloaking because cloaking yeah. was sort of the most heavy-handed but triaged way of creating boundaries where we were not yet capable of doing that for ourselves. And the, during that time, too, there was also a lot of, you can't know that yet. We can't tell you that yet. You can't go here yet. There were boundaries put in place on our behalf. I even had it come up in session once where someone who was very, and this was before I kind of had my own experience with my own guides in terms of an extra, extraterrestrial feel to it. Mm -hmm. She was already very in tune with her guides. And she was very completely aware that her story involved extraterrestrials. And I was not, I was not an alien girl. I was like, whatever. I, you know, that's true for you. It doesn't have to be true for me. There's no judgment. I just don't relate to it. Mm -hmm. And she was very succinct in what she said, or actually her guides were very succinct in what they said. She went silent. And I had started the protocol of you may be not giving answers, but you have to at least tell me why you were not giving me answers because you, you, she was not called into session. She did not go through the trouble of calling me here in order to just be silent mm -hmm. because you knew what the protocol was when we set this up. So something has to be said. And she started smiling and she was like, you're not ready for this yet. And I was like, sure. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm ready for everything. <laughs> and she was like, they cannot, 
she's like, first of all, they're shaming me for calling you here because I, I didn't need to. I was already, I already have the answers. And I'm like, so why did you call me then? And she said, I was curious. I wanted to see what they would say. And I'm like, all right, well, so why can't they say it? so that you can hear it after you're out of session. Because a lot of times people will be in session and say stuff that they think is coming from them, but it's really being channeled. And they, they don't, they're not aware enough to tell the difference. So I wanted to make sure that if she was channeling it, she would at least have record of it for the recorder. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they can't risk saying these things to you because you're not ready yet. You have a light that is so bright that it will attract things that you don't want to attract and it will derail your own progress. And I was like, I had never heard anything like this before. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Like some of the things that people have told me in session about me have turned out to be 100% correct and on point. And I'm like, how? (laughs) It's always a surprise. Right. So this was one of those instances. It was probably the greatest instance of you cannot have, we're protecting you. And I'm like, you're not even my team. And they're like, we are all your team. Yeah, we're everybody's team. And you can't have this yet. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And when she came out of trance, she was – like gobsmacked. She was like, that was crazy. And her dog was watching them and sort of huffing in the background. Like they were all behind the couch, apparently. <laughs> and her dog was like, huff, huff, and like staring at them. It was incredibly unsettling. And I was never the same again. <laughs> <laughs> But I did learn through my own experience, maybe a year or two later, that I was also awakening to some really deep, weird, alien shit. So what I propose is that there's more to talk about with this, but I propose we do it as a deep dive for Patreon. Absolutely. I I think so too, because it's one of those things like, and, and here's one of the biggest things that I would like people to take away. Like this sounds very mysterious and probably very scary to a lot of people. Please do not allow this to be a huge fear trigger for you. Like I get it, but at the same time, like I'm still good. My pieces are here. I'm fine. I am I am going about this process the way that I am supposed to be going about this process. I am learning at the pace that I am supposed to learn at. I am able to help others in the ways that I am supposed to help others. Like this this didn't stop anything for me. It was more of a reality check that once you start to open these doors, you have, you know, you, you you do have an energetic responsibility to yourself that, that, you know, and Heather is about ready to bust a gasket over there. So please go ahead. 
So what I heard in my head was you weren't supposed to record yesterday because you would have talked about ghosts. You were supposed to record today because you were supposed to talk about <laughs> aliens. <laughs> like, come on. Are you Nat- joking right now? Naturally. Oh, my God. How weird. But, you know, as as weird and as crazy and as like tin hat as it sounds, it's it's really not when you when you take the time to kind of, you know, and this is one of the biggest things. And I and I hope I hope we can do this for people and continue to do this for people in a way that doesn't seem overwhelming. But I really do want to demystify a lot of this Mm -hmm. because there's so much like you know, you know, she can't talk about that kind of a thing. And even though we are discussing a scenario like that, it's not as, it it's not as uh, nefarious as it sounds. It's, it, it has an element of that because it's not something that we're used to dealing with or interacting with. So, you know, as a human on this planet, you're doing the best that you can to kind of like figure this stuff out and, and not get freaked out by it when it comes along. And even though, yes, it has some scary elements to it. Really, it's helped me a lot to put those sort of things in perspective so that I can talk about them in a way that's not uber scary and very Hollywood. It, you know, it's, I, it puts it in a more, um, kind of real life type of way for me. It's just something that I have learned to accept. Well, it becomes, it becomes more pragmatic. It becomes more practical. Yeah, it becomes, it does how become, does this fit into Jamie's life? Yeah. Because it's not going to fit into Jamie's life necessarily the same way that it fits into some other person's life because we all have different filters, meaning sure. by filters, I mean perceptions, and that changes everything. So for some people, it is going to be scary and nefarious because that's where they are in their development. And I, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it can't be scary or nefarious. It, it can be because it really depends on you and what you're holding yeah. within you and what you need to heal within you. It's going to be what you need it to be for you to develop. Yeah, what uh, it triggers. Yeah, it, that's, the, that's the thing is that it's a trigger. What I can say is that to this day, even though I've experienced a lot of very um, 3D manifested stuff regarding this, I still, there's still a part of me, the, the doubter is still within me. I kind of wondered when I started this journey, well, will the doubts ever go away? When will I not need validation? And so far, they haven't gone away. They've gotten more quiet. They've gotten smaller. They mutter a, a little less. But one of the things that I've taken with me in this journey, and it will apply until I'm into another journey, is that a lot of these experiences, even when you see it manifesting into your regular everyday mundane life, are parables like you would find in the Bible. Whether Mm -hmm. you are regaling yourself with tales of past lives, or you're having a ghostly encounter, or even an extraterrestrial or alien, whatever you want to call it, encounter. These things are parables 
that are manifesting into your realm to get you to think and see differently. Sure. And that's all they are. And you need to understand from the get-go that if you are going and you don't really have a choice but to go on this journey because that's where the energies across the planet have shifted to. That's mm -hmm. what is supported right now. This journey is supported right now. So even if you're in the strongest denial of all denials ever, you're going to go on this journey. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go on this journey, if you can do it understanding that all of this is meant to catalyze your own discernment, you will have yeah. a better time of it. Very don't, true. Don't disempower yourself or give yourself a, your, your power away to some external or extra, not extrasensory, not extraterrestrial, not extra anything. Start with what's inside of you. Don't be so extra. <laughs> and I know for for me, it's helped me a lot with, it has helped me a lot with my energetic boundaries. Because that was something for a long time I kind of took for granted. I know that I am an anchor for energy. I know that I am able to hold many different types of energy at one time. But just because you can doesn't mean that you always have to just take on everything. And for a long time, I was overloading myself to the point where, you know, that's kind of what they started to show me is like, look, all of these kind of tangled up energetic lines that you have some of that is just stuff that doesn't need to be there but it's we can't just cut it you you have to awaken to the fact that they are lines that you do not need and then you need to release them and once you are able to release them then that is one last you know that's one last one that you have to concern yourself with mm -hmm. and and that made sense to me. And that was like those instances, those were huge instances where it's almost like just because you see something that feels big doesn't mean that you need to internalize it and take it with you and carry it everywhere. And I think that's one of the reasons why it wasn't a nefarious thing, why I couldn't remember all the instances. It was a that's simply not something that you need to carry with you, even though it's something that feels big. Yes, it feels like big energy and there's definitely something there. However, not all of that is for you. So yes, there are things that you should concern yourself with. And then there are other things that you really don't need to concern yourself with. And it's okay to let go of those things. It's okay to manage yourself in that way. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's helped me a lot in that way where I can, I can see bigger, bigger pieces of energy now, but it, but it doesn't always feel like, oh, there's another big one. I have to catch it and harness it and anchor it and, and hold <laughs> on to it and, you know, stuff it into my bean. I know it's, it's not necessary because that might be someone else's to do that with you know it, so 
in that way, I'm I'm grateful and I'm grateful that my guides found a way to kind of step in and go, okay, let's not let this go any further than it has to because my tendency is to be incredibly curious to the point where I have to open up all the boxes and I have to see everything and I have to know all the things about it. And every time I do, it's like, I'm taking in more and 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 I'm shoving it somewhere (laughs) and anchoring in and holding on to it. And that becomes another piece of my reality. And they're like, you've got enough. (laughs) You have enough to hold on to. You're good. You don't, this, this is not something that you need. You can be aware of something without having to hold on to it. So that's fine. You were aware, you recognized it, you had an interesting interaction with it, but it's not something, it's not necessarily something that was meant to further you at all other than the simple portion of recognizing it and then letting it go. So, you know, but I I had to, I had to get to the point where I was like, okay with that. Because my curiosity will just, you know, I will, I will put the pedal to the metal and, and, and want to have all the things. Yeah. And that's not coming from pure curiosity. The curiosity is generated from something else that you're healing. Sure. That's what I would put forth. I say that the curiosity, because it almost, it's like, um, well, this is a, a dramatic way of putting it. It's not this intense, but it's almost like a hoarder energy. Like mm-hmm. I have to keep all the things because I'm the only one who can keep the things straight and I'm the only one who can keep the things right. No, but that is very definite. Like that is energy that I have held mm-hmm. for, for various reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, I have definitely held that. And, and that is part of the, and they just kind of reaffirmed. It's like, yeah, well, that's part of the detangling. That's part of the thing that you had needed to detangle yourself from. And again, that's why we couldn't just cut it from you, but we also didn't want to continue to feed it to you either. We were trying mm-hmm. to keep you in a neutral space so that you could come to the conclusion yourself, which I have, that just because I am experiencing something in a big way, or it makes a big impression, you know, that does, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that's meant for me to hold on to. Sometimes because I experience energy the way I do, and because I experience things in a way that's very heightened, much, much more so than I think a a lot of people do. Everything has a tendency to have just a big grand kind of feeling like, like, or like it's holding a, a big importance, like, Oh, I need to investigate that further because that's really important. And it's like, well, you may just be experiencing the fact that somebody else needs to experience that. And it's important for them. And you are on the sideline of that close enough to witness it. 
But just because you're witnessing it doesn't mean that it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to you. They show me that, and this is something we've talked about in the past, but it hasn't been framed this way. So I think it's really interesting. Um, they show me that the term they use is overreach, that you have a yeah. very far overreach. And um, they say that, I don't know why I just said they say that, but they say that, uh, wow, that was weird. Um, to a degree, everybody overreaches because when you're learning how to, when you're learning the balance between, when you're learning how to set boundaries and you're trying to discover the balance between what you need versus what you do not need, um, you don't always know. And so we tend to overreach. Your overreach from what I'm seeing is on a grander scale. <laughs> Yours has a lot to do. It's rooted in distrust, mistrust, yeah, um, betrayal. And it is a, I have to save all the things because people will destroy them energy. Yeah. And it's something I heard, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's going to sort of um, transition into a larger topic at some point. I don't know if it will tonight. But while you were talking about your cave life's life, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you didn't say it because you weren't connecting it or you didn't say it because it didn't occur to you or if you didn't say it because you didn't know. Um, but what I heard was the crystal planter mm -hmm. in association to that life. So my question to you is, was that the life that you spent planting crystals? Or Okay. So, that, so do you feel comfortable telling a little bit more detail about that? Oh, man. That's a... That's a big story. There's a lot to that. Well, I mean, if you had to synopsis, because I can synopsis, but I don't know if, if it's okay. Uh, I don't know, girl. You may have to do it because I don't, I don't know that I have a way of like making that succinct. It's okay. So it we is, both have, we both have memories of a life ending that revolves around, oh gosh, this is deep, isn't it? Yeah. This might even like, be a deep dive. I don't know. But we both have memories of a life that ended. The Our lives didn't end, but the world as we knew it ended. Mm -hmm. We'll just put it that way. And we both chose different paths to walk after that happened. I don't even know if we were in the same part of the world, so to speak, afterwards. Yeah. I just – I know that we probably – met up. There was a central meeting location. At least this is how it felt to me. There was a central yeah. meeting location and it was sort of a triage situation. There seems to be a lot of triage in this podcast tonight. <laughs> it was a triage situation. Oh no. Oh yeah. God. There's uh, there was a Okay, so what I'm getting real quick, and I want to say it out loud just in case it becomes important later before I forget it, is mm -hmm. that this triage theme is it, there's going to be more of this coming up. Sure. There's the, the energy of triage is very much coming to the forefront. I might start to cry. This sucks. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on getting this deep tonight. Um, and so this is why all of this is coming up. There's something yeah. 
there's something big about to happen and I don't know what it is. And it, now I'm creeped out. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to catastrophize, but I'm like, this feels really big. This isn't for me to hold. <laughs> but they're talking about the triage situation. And then there were certain people, certain energies from that lifetime that carried on as there, there was a huge transition on what we know as earth. And that huge transition on earth meant new jobs for all of us who survived what happened. And the job that you did, that Jamie did, was to take certain crystals that held wisdom, so to speak, and implant them in cave systems within the earth to well, propagate I, I'm hearing. I, rec I recorded, because I was a scribe, I've been a scribe many times. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was part of my job to take knowledge and transcribe and record it and then plant it in places for not only for safekeeping, but also to be reactivated at, at different points in the timeline. Right. And part of... <laughs> oof. <sighs> It it is a big deal, and uh, how do how do I how do I talk about this in a way that makes sense? Um, because this spans so many life, so many different lifetimes for me mm -hmm. that it's like I have to kind of pull it all in from from different areas. Um, one one thing that I've always kind of taken away from all of this is that there are moments in time where certain core soul memories get triggered and smaller events trigger them. And it all, it's always going to feel huge. It's always going to feel monumental. And there are things that we have lived through in previous lifetimes that were like, you know, if, if, if we really want to talk like doomsday and catastrophic, they were kind of doomsday and catastrophic. Um, what I've come away with, though, is that there really isn't um, what we're going to experience or what we are in the middle of experiencing is not on the same level that we had experienced before. There's because we have been through so many different uh, versions of this previously, there's no longer a need for like, you know, the whole world blows up and no, it's, it's not like that. It's the opposite it's, of that, actually. It's not that at all. Mm -mm. But, but what, what my, my humanness is picking up on is the buildup energy. Yeah. The buildup energy, build energy is, is very much the same. It's very overwhelming and it's, it's even though the outcome is, it's time for a different outcome. Mm -hmm. The buildup energy comes with its own trauma triggers. Well, and part of the reason for that is because we've done so much integrative integrative work, and we we are still in the middle of that integrative work. There are so many different pieces of ourselves that we are now inviting back in that have very solid memories of this because those of us who went through them 
this was kind of part of the hard part in, a, in so many levels when you come into another piece, another portion, another experience of the human experience. For the most part, you are limited in in what you bring with you and you you just don't remember as much. And that's why it takes usually so long for us to kind of get to this place where we're starting to open up again because you you have to go through a series of being triggered to in order to remember but for many of us who have done this this type of work especially as many times as i think we've have um we carried a lot more of the memory with us and every time we experience this and especially now that we're inviting so many more pieces back it is always going to have this huge feeling because we we remember and it's it, it's hard to wrestle with that portion of you that is like you know wants to literally have a panic attack mm-hmm. because it feels big and the portion of you that's like it's okay we knew that this was coming and we've prepared for this and it's not going to be as big and bad and scary as as you've experienced before and you know this and you kind of have to talk yourself back through it in order to like come to like kind of this more leveled off piece of you know just peace of mind in that you know don't get carried away with the energy of it because the energy of it is huge it's kind of like what we were just talking about the energy is really big but you don't have to take on the entirety of that it's just that you remember so much of it that it's hard not to Mm -hmm. it's hard not to kind of feel like i have to save the world It, it feels like that sometimes but it's there's enough there's enough of us online that none of us have to be so self-sacrificing. <laughs> well, it's the opposite. It's, you know, yeah. it's called the awakening for a reason. What we are talking about, the lifetime where the catastrophe took out the planet, that was the the great sleep. That was that was the transitional period from <laughs> a world that was awake to a world that was going to sleep, a world that was delving into shadow to work on deeper aspects of itself a collective that was aiding the world to fall into shadow so that the, also the collective could work on deeper aspects, more um, black and white, heavier contrast, uh, very concrete, unforgiving, unyielding energies, very dense, deep, um, painful, quite honestly, energies. Now we are on the reverse of that. And it's kind of like, just because you're going up the hill instead of down the hill doesn't mean you're still not running into every clinking on the track as you're, you know, ascending or descending. It's like, it's still the same hill. It still has the same hallmarks, but we are awakening from that. We're not plunging into it. And that's why the climb is creeping up through the soil, running into every little (laughs) stone and pebble and wrapping yourself around a big root and then, mm-hmm. you know, and trying not to get eaten by the earthworm and you know, all the other little things that that happen to a plant as it's being seeded and it's in the complete darkness and it's making its way up, 
you know, into the atmosphere again, into the light and learning how to learning how to breathe. I'm learning how to breathe. Yeah. Aren't we all? Jeez. Especially when we're having an anxiety or panic attack and literally cannot catch our breath. It's, it's like, it's, it is, we're, we're, we're collectively learning how to breathe again, and it's going to take a while to figure out. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, screaming and crying and kicking and on the way up. In my room? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So a complete switch in subject, at least it feels like a complete switch in subject until spirit brings us back to the typical. Um, I'm doing something this month. I've been called by the guides to pick up a writing project. It's a concept that's been in my head for, I don't know, 10 years. Um, But I just haven't had the inspiration to do it. As part of that writing project, I've signed into something called NaNoWriMo. <laughs> I know. What's that? I will put it in the I insights. Have no idea. You'll have to go to our Patreon to get, I'll, I'll link you if you're interested I'll have in to it. go to our Patreon. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I'm, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it. <laughs> NaNoWriMo is a um, event held originally just held in November and, and it, it gears up for November still where you attempt to write an entire rough draft of a book in the month cool. of November. Wow. Uh, I have no intention of forcing myself to write an entire book, rough draft, in the month of November. However, I have committed because quite honestly, when they they posited this to me several times in several different ways, as per my instructions of them, <laughs> I don't really have a desire to do it. I'm mildly curious as to why they want me to. And some of the messages that have come through about it are intriguing. Mm. And so I have said, even though I am in the midst of just very deep, dark thoughts and do not feel like being creative and do not feel like coming out of that space because reasons, um, I have agreed that I will write an hour a day and see how close I can get to the 50,000 word goal of this project. But I'm not, awesome. I'm not forcing myself to do the 50,000 words. If it, you know, I don't know what life is going to hold and I don't feel comfortable making that commitment. Sure. Uh, but I do want to step into the energy because interestingly enough, the last validation that I received on it And this is going to sound so stupid to people who are not me because it comes with (laughs) – you have to understand about these validations is that they come with an energetic feeling, a signature of sorts that only you will understand. It will only seem huge to you when this happens. So when you tell other people, they're going to kind of look at you like – and, and <laughs> or so right like no big deal and and why are you connecting it that way whatever it's been connected this way i was watching amanda ellis she recently did a youtube video uh channeling the energy of lilith mm-hmm. and this was they had been pinging me and to me it felt like subtle pinging <laughs> instead of like 
this is what you do next because probably because I'm not in a place to receive that kind of message. So it has to be subtle because I'm very resistant right now and I'm very argumentative and I'm very um, throwing a tantrum daily. Uh, And so I was watching this Amanda Ellis channeling and I was like, uh, it's, you know, it's something to watch. I'm not really into it. I don't, I don't know. I'm just in a bad space myself, but she started talking and there was one point where she said, she got to this point in the video where she was repeating things three times. The the energy of Lilith was repeating things three times. And that was, I had, I think I told you, I don't remember if I told you, but Mm-mm. randomly a couple of weeks ago, I got this like burst of inspiration to write down the beginning of that story that I had from 10 years ago. Mm, And I was like, that is so random. And it just sort of, when it ended, it was just like, and scene. There was nothing more. And I was like, why though? Like, why did you just have me write this down? I thought I was going to have like an answer right away. I didn't have an answer. I don't know why they had me write it down. Well, then they started pinging me about, you should continue that. And I was like, but I don't want to. (laughs) And they're like, there is a reason we need you to continue doing this. And I'm like, what is the reason you need me to continue doing this? And they're like, we can't really tell you that up front. You won't understand. It's not something that can be put into words. And I was like, well, give me a hint. And they're like, there, there's no way to give you a hint. It's too big. And now what I realize is that there's some sort of gateway energy with this exercise. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if anyone else out there feels like writing with me, I've set up, I've signed in or uh, signed up on NaNoWriMo. And again, I will put the information in our insights on our Patreon. It's free to access. Um, I've signed up to them. So I have my own page. There's nothing on it of interest right now because I didn't really know what I was doing it for or if I would continue. But then when I was writing earlier tonight, the guides were kind of like, you really need to announce this. And I was like, no one, no crazy person is going to do this but me. This is insane. Why would anyone? Okay, fine. I'll announce it. <laughs> so under duress, I am announcing <laughs> that I am doing the NaNoWriMo challenge. And it's not it's not for the outcome. It's for what messages will come through. And what I think is happening is that there is a call for people who want to channel or are interested in channeling and what it feels like and what it is. And I feel like this is going to grow into something that is more suited to our podcast and our our mission here mm-hmm. than it is to NaNoWriMo. I don't think we're going to come out, we might come out with some really good books, which would be awesome. But that's not really the point. I think mm-hmm. the point is, is that they would like people to start writing down inspiration, things that come to them, um, even if it seems like it's not important. And I think that there's supposed to be some community around this. And that's why I'm throwing myself in first as per my guidance and saying this to you. If you want to start figuring out what it feels like to channel, or if you want to start honing your skills with channeling, like you already channel on your own behalf, but you're interesting in, interested in more far-reaching information, I think there is a gateway of some sort that is opening to us in this way. 
And if you are the type of person, as I used to be, who is reluctant to journal and reluctant to write down their thoughts, uh, they're talking to you because there is a need for it at this point. And Jamie's raising her hand. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> They've been harping on it for a while, but now they're yeah. really serious. And I've been writing down my channeled messages for a year now. And it's really important. And eventually those will end up on our Patreon as well. It's just a question of transferring them. I have to type them all out and who has all that time. But eventually they will end up on our Patreon. However, I think it's really time for a lot of you out there to start writing down your channeled messages because I think that a lot of you don't even know when you're channeling. That's very true. That's very true. And and really, like from the time that you started talking about it, the one word that starts like repeating over and over in my head is participation, participation, mm -hmm. participation, mm -hmm. participation. We have we have kind of although we have done the work and we have opened ourselves up, we have also taken an opportunity to scroll ourselves away Absolutely. and have kind of stopped participating i think for for the most part and i'm i'm seeing that a lot within the community not that i don't get it i do um you know i i struggle with that myself but there's also there's also a need for a for a certain level of participation um and it's it's not about it's not about writing the great novel. It's just about learning, um, learning how, learning your boundaries around that, like stepping back out there again, putting yourself out there in a way that is, that is accessible to others, but at the same time, honoring your boundaries and finding that balance point. Well, and really what they've been repeating to me is letting yourself be seen, which is, I mean, they've been repeating yeah. that all over the place. If you watch any channeler on YouTube, they, it's time to use your voice. It's time to be heard. It's time to let yourself be seen. So it's not a new message, but it's coming through in a new way. Letting yourself be seen so that people can reflect back to you what they're seeing because you are gravely underestimating, gravely underappreciating the messages that are coming through for you and you have yet to, it, it, it's one of those pieces of advice and I was just, this ties in again to what we were talking about earlier. You need to collect your accomplishments in one place. We call it here at Using Our Inside Voice, a pride gallery. Mm -hmm. And we, this is an opportunity for you guys to join me in creating a pride gallery. And that can be pride in anything. It can be pride in a rough draft. It can be pride in your thoughts. It can be pride in um, just the fact that you managed to carve out a half an hour to an hour a day to write something is an accomplishment that you won't give yourself credit for, but the people who are seeing you will give you credit for. And they will see things in what you are writing down that have value that you would have taken for granted had it not been focused back yeah. to you in that way. And and especially strangers, because I think the, you know, it's it's easy kind of to 
to dismiss the opinions of those that are very close to us. You know, like I have, I have moments now where because I'm working from home mostly because I'm doing a lot of things that are kind of, I, you know, I was talking to Heather and saying out in the ether, it's, it's hard to see a, you know, they're not really manifesting in a huge physical way. And because I've been brought up to only recognize those things, which are manifested in a physical way, as far as like, you know, solid accomplishments or things that you can check off a list or, you know, like that, it's hard sometimes, you know, to, to really connect with the fact that you did do something. Like I have a tendency to say, I know it doesn't seem like I'm doing a lot, but here's all the things that I've done today. You just don't see me doing them. And there are several times when my husband has looked at me and said, uh, I, I don't know why you're saying this because I've never come at you and said, you know, I, I don't think you're doing anything. Let's see some, you know, physical proof of your work. And I had to think about that and go, you know, I, most of the time I don't even, it doesn't even register that I'm saying it really. It's just a, it's almost just like a, just a bad habit of it's, it's me reminding myself that I don't recognize it in myself. Mm-hmm, it, exactly. It's really, I am the person that needs to realize it. I don't, I don't need to make it, you know, relatable to someone else. I need to make it relatable to me. And, you know, th- these are the kinds of things that I kind of have to like wave in front of myself and go, Hey, <laughs> you mm-hmm. did do a thing. Like, don't discount that thing. And no, this is a really great opportunity to kind of step more, step more into that and, and practice um, seeing it yourself and allowing other people to see it and re- and reflect it back to you. Absolutely. I think that's, yeah. I think it's a great idea, actually. Well, you're with my guides because I was resistant to it. I was like, until you show me why I'm devoting so much time to this, because really what I was afraid of was I would get two-thirds of the way through another book and then poop out at the party and have nothing to show for it. I wanted a completed, finished product for once. Like, can I? Because the last time I started writing a book, I literally got two-thirds of the way through and then lost it. Just everything, the communication shut off and it was gone. And I was like, come on. What is this face? Yeah, I'm making a face because I've done the same thing, but they also just showed me the the lifetime that we have been touching on several times this evening, mm-hmm. the, the scribe in the cave with the things <laughs> and said, well... this is not exactly new for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've been through this a lot and and then they reminded me that it's not important to have this massive you know magnum opus of a work it's and it's almost like it's almost like passing the baton it's like you write a, a portion and then wherever you leave off, somebody else 
kind of picks up the energy, even if it's, we're not talking about necessarily completing a story, or at least I'm not at, at this point, it's not necessarily about completing a story. It's about, it's about connecting an energy, connecting a frequency and getting everybody to kind of the same getting everybody on that same path, getting everybody on that same frequent band of frequency mm-hmm. and doing an exercise like that is going to help in that. So it's not necessarily. It's a unifying exercise. It's a, it is a unifying exercise and it's very much needed right now because so many of us are feeling very alone and by mm-hmm. ourselves and isolated and very much. And we've, you know, on one hand we've done it to, ourselves maybe not so much Mm. realizing it or or doing it on on purpose it's kind of more along the lines of it's a space that we felt into that we got comfortable with yeah and now because the energy is shifting it doesn't feel comfortable anymore and it doesn't necessarily feel as safe anymore and it's like well the way out of that is to get out of that but you also have to have help kind of ushering yourself out of that. And there's no better way to do that than to do that with other people. Right. And, you know, and feel like you're doing it together. So maybe this would be a nice way of connecting like that and, and putting a portion of ourselves out there so that we can connect in that way. Um, and so that we, you know, so that we have that touchstone again. So again, that we're we're reaching that same frequency together and kind of riding that wave together, even though we are, you know, spanning the globe and, um, you know, maybe in different stages of our particular process and path, it's still good to have some sort of touchstone and, um you know, and, and way to reach others. And this is just good practice for kind of getting back out there again and trying things again and testing the waters. And well, testing and the other, thing, the other thing that I'm hearing in this moment is that um, we, during our, our hermit time that we've had these past few years, we have collected new skills that we don't, we aren't mm-hmm. as, as of yet unaware of. And Putting incubation this out there. is the is the yeah, word that we've, I got. Yeah, we've been in incubation and we have transformed a lot of the things that we went into incubation for. And what they're telling me is that it's time. The only way that you're going to see what you have acquired as a result of this experience, whether you liked the experience or not, you acquired new skills as a result. Mm-hmm. And when I say skills, don't get caught up in your own definition of the word only. You can start with your definition of the word, but you also have to include things that you would have never considered as skills before, like learning how to be by yourself or Mm -hmm. learning how to occupy your time without other people or learning how to uh, be quiet or whatever this, this incubatory time has taught you. Those are all skills that are keys to unlocking other things that will expand. Oh no, a phase. And I 
think I'm kind of on the same wavelength. Please, by all means, explain that face. <laughs> I don't know that I can in the amount of time that we are going to have because I really feel like this is this is really knocking on the door of a deep dive because yeah. this has uh, this is oof. This is directly connecting. Okay, I'll I'll drop a little I'll drop a little nugget so that if okay. people are curious, uh, this is where this is going to go in the very near future. Um, this is directly going to fall in line with uh, <laughs> if if there are are people out there who connect with or understand. Um, uh, choosing a path of immortality are you fucking shitting me right now that is what my book is about well there you go wait continue because i want to know what what <laughs> what is happening right now oh lordy um so so very quickly i will try to sums up the best i can uh, because part of part of the path that I have experienced before in previous lifetime oh, was okay. taking a vow of of immortality and right. basically working <laughs> through acquiring different skills in order to continue to renew yourself past the point where your human self would have previously expired. Mm -hmm. And um, this is, this is something that is actually, if, if you dive deep enough, uh, this is something that you can actually find in biblical references as well, but you, you, you kind of have to see beyond what is explained there and dive into other sources that may have some uh, better explanations of of what that entails. But and they, during the that time, is, the funny thing is ahead. that they were showing me the Anna books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. While they were talking about this to me. Yeah, and oh, that's so weird. I know, and and the interesting part of that is that at the time, this was a an incredibly involved process. And, and what a lot of us have been taught and told since then is that those processes are no longer necessary because there are new processes in place. And this is kind of where we're going. This is where we're heading. This is the type of thing that we were learning and, and really what they're dropping in front of me are references to the old ways of doing this which did indeed involve going into a tomb like space and being closed up and closed off and having um having people hold space for you while you go through that experience in order to move in through that regeneration process and come out of it so you can continue very much a caterpillar in a cocoon turning to goo very, kind of energy yeah and and i I'd, i've been very curious because you know they 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 definitely said look one of the reasons why we are not showing you or not getting into very deep detail about what that process was is because you simply don't need to do it it is not necessary 
Mm-hmm. It has changed. Uh, there are going to be new processes for that. And they will make themselves known to you in the future. And I've been just kind of sitting here tapping my fingers going, all right, well, whenever you're ready to show November's me November's the month. <laughs> Apparently November. November. Remember, remember the month of I, November. I, <laughs> and, and that was just in my head. Had you not said it, I would have. <gasps> no. Totally. Totally. So, hoo-hoo. Interesting. Oh, guys, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. So, yeah. So I'm if you bored. are not if you're not hooked into our Instagram right now, but this intrigues you what you're hearing, now's the time because we're going to be using our Patreon page and our Instagram if, you know, if and when this evolves into something bigger and you want to participate, okay. that's how we're going to get information through and that's how you can contact us to get your information through. Also, there is, from what I see, there's a social media sort of element that they've built into the NaNoWriMo site. I haven't Mm. explored it because I'm the only one there and I'm not very social. But if I have other people to be social with, I will gladly interact and um, we'll see where this takes us. Let's let's see where we're going because clearly the the guides had something to do with this. Otherwise, I would have never brought this up. They have very much planned out today, unbeknownst to us. Right. Um, which is usually the way it goes. So this is why we do this. Um, yep. But it also feels, and, and just just to reiterate, you know, we're, we're just in the infancy stages of putting together our Patreon page. This is something that we intend to grow. It is really our intention to gather and grow and cultivate a community so that we all do have a place to, you know, feel safe, reach out, um, explore the things that are, you know, happening and ask questions and, you know, maybe learn from other people's experiences, not just mine and Heather's, but, you know, together as a community. And we really do intend on, on opening this up. And of course it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be slow in the beginning. And we're going to have to be patient, but we're also asking you to be patient and to um, please, please do reach out and, and interact when, when you feel called, Um, you know, whether that is through an email or a message on Instagram or a message through Patreon uh, you know, we don't know what kind of platforms we're going to continue to open ourselves up to in connection with or through Patreon, but we we intend on exploring that and and testing the waters with that. Uh, there's also uh, Good Pods, which is something I kind of uh, linked us to. Um, it's just another platform really to listen to podcasts. But one of the nice things about listening through good pods is that you can also connect with us through there. You can leave comments on uh, different episode posts and things like that. So, and it'll alert us that, that they're there. So if you want to connect with us in that way, if you maybe don't have an Instagram um, or we're also on Twitter uh, we're not as active on Twitter as we are on Instagram because it's it's just not our thing, really. And we we haven't had a lot of interaction there, so we haven't been 
called to spend and devote time to that. But again, and you know, and if you have ideas for us on things that you would like to participate in, let us know. It doesn't mean that we're going to do everything, but you know, we would we would like to see what you are comfortable with so that we can explore that with you maybe. You know, if it calls to us also, that's something that we can definitely look into. Yeah. We've done the thing. We have totally done the thing. I've got scrambled brains. <laughs> yeah. And I feel I feel like there's a lot more things to do, but I've got scrambled brains, so I can't I can't possibly. No. I think we're uh we've done done it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and play the outro. Woo! Our mission is to empower you. So if you have enjoyed the show, please like, comment, subscribe, and share. Help us appease the algorithmic gods because it empowers us to empower others. And if you would like to stay up to date with our insights, downloads, and upcoming shows, check us out on Instagram by searching using our inside voice, all one word. And until next time, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And we are using our outside voice to say stay safe. Stay sovereign, and we will see you next time.